You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DNB Supply Show. Hey, it is great to have you here with us again today. This is your host, Matt Breckwald. And what a great day for me. I get to interview a mentor of mine in agricultural broadcasting, somebody who I've been reading and listening to for quite some time and actually have been able to do an interview with before. And as part of our effort to profile people that live out here and live our Western lifestyle, our agricultural lifestyle as well, and are really making an impact, we're going to have on Jake Putnam, who is the state media manager for the Idaho Farm Bureau Federation. And we're going to talk about his pathway, his career, kind of what he has done and how he got to this place working for the Idaho Farm Bureau Federation and producing video content, audio content on their podcast, written content, everything that he gets to do and all the the neat ways he gets to develop his stories. And then we're also going to be talking about some of the agricultural issues going on in the state of Idaho, as well as even across the nation. Really interesting and well-rounded interview today with Jake discussing all of those different issues. Look forward to bringing that to you and we'll have that come up to you here in just a moment. Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Glad to be here. Well, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. You know, it's a great thing I get to do on this show by profiling people that are doing interesting stuff in agriculture and our Western lifestyle out here in Idaho and Eastern Oregon. And and I've been a fan of yours for a while. I've listened to your, your audio broadcast, your podcast, read your stuff, and I'm a member of the Idaho Farm Bureau, so I'm I'm involved that way. So it's it's exciting for me to be able to speak with you. Well, it's you know, uh, you say that, but I've also listened to your podcast and you're doing some really good stuff. And I think that there is a niche out there for people to to do podcasts, to do blogs, because there really isn't a lot of reporting media out there. So I, I think that the things that we do are, are needed because we need to get out there and tell the story of Monpa agriculture across the state. Yeah, I do agree with you. I mean, there's there's tons of media outlets out there, but they are very selective on what they cover. And the stories we're talking about are for a niche audience, people who are interested in these types of things. And that's not necessarily the stuff that makes the evening news. Exactly. And it's the stuff that does not make the evening news that is so important. You know, just today, uh, I'm working on a story on uh, wheat numbers, the fact that uh, spring planting for wheat's going to be up 4%. You're not going to read that on the news tonight. No. But that has a huge impact in and across Idaho. Yeah, that makes a big difference in planning out your year and knowing what to expect, projecting all that income and, and inputs and all of that. Yeah, you know, and, and it'll have an impact uh, come harvest time, but it also has an impact on all of those peripheral uh, businesses that cater to farmers, mm-hmm. you know, fuel and fertilizer guys, they're going to want to know what planning numbers are. And it just has, you know, a rippling economic effect. All right, let's do this. I would love if you would just take a moment just to introduce yourself to our audience, kind of let them know who you are and what you do. Well, I'm Jake Putnam. I grew up um, on the other side, south of Pocatello, on a little farm. I, uh, went to Idaho State University, played tennis there. Uh, That's what got me through school. Farming and tennis never really went hand in hand, but 
but I took the time to learn how to play just because I wasn't good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from there, I got through college and uh, I went into broadcast news. And so I spent 20 years in the broadcast business. I worked for KAFI in Idaho Falls. And then from there came over and worked at uh, KTVB in Boise, where I covered the state house. I covered natural resources and ag issues. And I was really an asset, I think, when I was at Channel 7, because there was just a couple of us that were actually from Idaho, and we could pronounce all the names. Mm -hmm. And it always came in handy because, you know, if they needed to send someone to Cuprum, you know, they would know, okay, well, Jake and, and my buddy Dan, who also from, you know, Idaho, we'd know where that was. Yeah, right. And we'd know how long it would take us to get there and how long to get back. And we probably knew somebody in that town. Mm -hmm. So being from Idaho has always been an asset in journalism. When I left Channel 7 in 2000, I was looking for something that would work, you know, where I could put all of my skills you know, plus my background to work and, and uh, went to work for Idaho Farm Bureau and I've been here ever since. And what I do here, I do a lot of social media stuff, just like you. I podcast, blog, write for the magazine. I do just a little bit of everything. All right, Jake. Well, let's take our first break and then when we come back, I want to find out all about what it was like growing up on your small farm in eastern Idaho. Spring is already in the air at D&B Supply because we've got DeWalt blowers and trimmers on hand to get you ready for the road or yard ahead. Power through your outdoor spring cleaning with DeWalt's FlexVolt 60-volt max handheld blower or string trimmer. With a super-powered lightweight lithium-ion battery, they're designed to take charge of tough overgrowth and heavy-duty chores. It's ready, set, blow when you spring into action with your DeWalt blower or trimmer at D&B Now. Tired of choosing between feeding your lawn for a thick green turf and fighting annoying weeds? D&B Supply is here to help you do both with Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed. Sometimes feeding your lawn also means feeding unwanted weeds that have taken root. That's why Scott's developed Turf Builder Weed and Feed, which uses a weed killer while also feeding your lawn to crowd out the weeds. So get to the root of your lawn issues with Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed at your favorite D&B supply. Well, Jake, now that we're back, tell us what your family did with your farm ground and what it was like growing up in eastern Idaho. My dad um, trained and raised horses, so... We basically had the horse end of the operation, but we also had some cattle, some livestock, and uh, that meant a lot of haying and a lot of feeding. Mm -hmm. So that's basically all, all we did. And you went to Idaho State, right? And, and what did you end up getting a degree in? I got my degree um, in political science, but I kind of strayed a little bit, and I got minors in history and education. I actually did teach a couple years at Alameda Junior High in Pocatello, mm -hmm. which was kind of fun. Uh, just kind of rounded me out a little bit. But Idaho State was really a great place for a kid like myself mm -hmm. because classrooms were small. Uh, you got a lot of personal attention from professors. It was a good, good school. Now, how do you make the leap from the political science degree to being a reporter and a journalist? Well, that's not really a leap at all because... If you don't know politics, you can't be a reporter. Okay. I mean, it's, it's just, it's that simple. 
because almost every aspect of public life involves politics of one type or another. So it served me well, although I have to admit, when I first jumped in, I was I didn't have, you know, the writing skills, some of the journalistic skills that would have helped me right away. But mm-hmm. I picked them up. You know, you, you uh, it's, it's like they throw you in the river. It's either sink or swim. Sure. And uh, I swam. Now, uh, do you still play tennis? Yeah, I still play. Uh, crazy. Um, I, you know, played Idaho State all those years ago and still playing. And um, I play on the USA team, the USA uh, Asuna Cup team. It's a it's a senior team, and we go and we play Mexico every year. Oh, really? And I do that, plus I play tournaments all summer and play leagues. And uh, it's a great way to stay in shape and stay out of trouble and keeps your mind going. Now, I've got to ask you, do you know what your fastest serve ever was, like this, the velocity of your fastest serve? <laughs> well, yeah, I do. Um, I think my fastest serve I've ever served is only right around 100 miles per hour. Oh, okay. Which is not fast in tennis when you consider that there are guys out there hitting 140 mile an hour serves. Yeah. I would say right now I serve about probably 85 to 90 miles an hour. Well, I'm always, I played baseball my whole life and I was a pitcher. So we're always, you know, focused on the velocity and how fast you can pitch. And then you find out how fast these serves are coming in tennis. And it just makes you go, well, any batter that's faced a 90 mile an hour fastball, Mm -hmm. you know how fast that ball is coming. Right. So tennis, that ball is a little bit softer. You can take the hit, you know, so there's not that intimidation factor, but you still got to have the eye work. Oh yeah. And every serve is like a pitch, you know? So when I'm, serving a match i'm it's just like i'm a pitcher again you know i'm going to hit a spinner here i'm going to hit a fastball here i'm going to go to this corner i'm going to go to that corner you're moving around the box just like a pitcher would yeah to be able to return some of those serves uh is a pretty phenomenal skill i would think yeah i still think though that batting is probably the toughest skill there is in in sport i mean because even jordan couldn't i mean yeah what do you have like a 180 batting average you know it's just too tough it is too hard well let's do this i've got to take a quick break let's take this commercial break when we come back let's get into the specifics about what you're doing at idaho farm bureau okay Okay. Get charged up for your garden work this spring with the all-new HSA 25 battery-powered garden shears from Steel. Available at your favorite DMB supply for just $119.95, these shears are perfect for detail-oriented trimming, making it easier than ever to make quick work of all your garden projects. And with a name like Steel, you can trust they'll last season after season. So head to DMB and trim down your spring to-do list with the first-ever battery-powered garden shears from Steel. During calving season, your livestock operation really comes alive. On your ranch, be born ready with Powder River Livestock Handling Equipment. Available at D&B Supply. For almost 80 years, Powder River has stood out as leaders in the livestock handling field with continuous equipment innovation to help ranchers work up close with their livestock safely and with minimal stress. To bring your calves into the world, then bring them upright. Stop on by select D&B Supply stores for Powder River Livestock handling equipment. Well, Jake, now that we're back, let's talk about Idaho Farm Bureau. So give us your day-to-day. What are your responsibilities there at Idaho Farm Bureau? Well, day-to-day, 
I'm just keeping an eye on our social media properties and looking at what sort of news is breaking and then balancing that with what kind of features we can throw into the mix. Like I just, uh, this past weekend, I did uh, Animal Days out in Meridian. They had one over in the Magic Valley and a couple other places. So I did some features on that. And so today I'm just writing features. Last night I was uh, working on that wheat story. That'll break in a couple, probably in a day or so after I finish writing it. And then, you know, I didn't mention that Meridian Days, the, uh, that's a video project. So I shot the video, mm-hmm. and I write and edit it. And that's, uh, it's kind of like playing 3D chess uh, because you have so many different things going. It's a little bit more complicated than it looks, but, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of time. And, you know, it's a good thing I had, you know, the shooting and editing skills, you know, from my broadcast career. So that's basically it. I'm just looking to do stories and if anyone's got a good feature story you can get a hold of me through matt <laughs> <laughs> that's true you know i'm always looking for stuff that's interesting you know to do mm-hmm. a good feature story boy those are the ones worth traveling for you know one thing i do like is i like to get up and do those stories with the nrcs those guys are so much fun and uh once a month all winter i go snowshoeing with them and we hike into uh, snowtail sites, mm-hmm. and that is about as much fun as you can have. And it's a great workout. You know, put on snowshoes, hike in a couple miles. Uh, you cannot believe how many calories you can burn just doing that. And those guys work hard, and I just think I so believe in their measurement mission, you know, measuring snowpack, mm-hmm. letting farmers know, you know, how much snowpack there is. From there, you know, farmers can figure out, uh, better cut back on the potatoes if we only have this much water. Well, this year we got tons of water, so all the water-intensive crops are going to be big mm-hmm. throughout the year. Well, I, that's that's crucial to Idaho, that snowpack, both for agriculture but not just that, I mean, recreation too. Recreation, for sure. All the uh, floaters, kayakers, you know, people that like to water ski. This is all, they're all keeping a close eye on NRCS's numbers. Well, let me ask you about this. So in, in your career, uh, you went out like you, we talked about KTVB and, and the different stories you were doing there. And then you found your way back to agriculture. Was that something that you always knew you wanted to do? Or was that an opportunity where you went, you know, I, I like the way I grew up around agriculture and I'd like to be involved in that again? I just like the way I grew up around agriculture. I've always thought that um, where I came from, people that raised me, you know, we were always surrounded by real people, and Idaho is full of real people. And so that's how I found my way back, you know, just a desire to be around people that are genuine. And so, like, for example, this story that you're getting ready to release on the wheat and how much is going to be planted this year, that doesn't sound like it was the type of farm that you grew up on. So is there a bit of a learning curve for you when you returned to agriculture and started talking about these topics? Well, definitely. You know, this is the most incredible thing to consider is that in Idaho, there are 180 different crops grown in this state. There are people out there that say, well, I know everything about agriculture. We probably know a lot but I can't think of anyone that's really got a handle on all 180 crops. So 
so yeah, it's always a learning curve and I can't even believe uh, every day on the job, I learned something that I didn't know. And the one thing that I do know is that I will never know as much as these farmers because they know how much fertilizer to put out there. They know when to attack the weeds. They know how much water. Mm -hmm. They know how much sunshine. I mean, they really are the best in the world. You know, you think of football teams, uh, the great Dallas Cowboy teams, the great Packer teams, those guys are pro and they were the best at what they did. Well, Mm -hmm. these farmers play at that level in their field. Mm -hmm. They are truly the best. And if you don't believe me, just look at what they produce every year and then go and compare that to another country. It'll just stagger, you know, the imagination. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said there, except for one thing uh, you didn't include in your metaphor. You didn't include the 49ers of the 80s and the early 90s. I, that's the only <laughs> only part I have a problem with. Yeah, Jerry Rice, but we do not have rice, I can tell you, in this state. <laughs> now, wait a second. I have seen rice grown up near St. Mary's. No. Yes. Really? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I could see up there by the reservoir where that would be possible. Yeah. Backstretch of that reservoir. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I absolutely have. Yeah. And actually, I was up there deer hunting, and all these deer are coming down in the evenings, and they're eating the rice, and that was delicious deer. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Okay. So, yeah. how much content are you producing per week between video writing and then also the podcast and and everything else you're doing? I was doing a market report every day. We've cut back on that, so now I'm just doing a podcast once a week. I do two to three video stories a week. I do, I do my blog every day. So that's usually a print story a day. So when it comes down to it, that's quite a few words uh, that I do in a week, you know, that I write. And, and what's really confusing is that across the different mediums. So all of a sudden I'm just doing a print and worrying about a photo and, you know, doing my edits in a print story. But then what if I kick it into video? Mm-hmm. Well, video, then I'm going to write and condense the script. Broadcast writing, video writing is completely different than print. It's not as much detailed because, you know, you're dealing with video. Mm-hmm. So if I kick that story over into video, then I've got to worry about how much B-roll cover, how much do I need to shoot? How long are my interviews going to be? How am, how am I going to cut those sound bites up? You know, then there's the whole issue of editing. Then there's sound editing. Then there's, you know, uploading and downloading. And then there's cross-posting, you know. So it, it's basically an iceberg. Every single day sure. is an iceberg. <laughs> People only see the very top of the iceberg, but there's so much work um, below the surface. Now, for folks out there who want who want to read or listen to or watch your content, uh, let's tell them where they can find it. So, first of all, where is the podcast published? Uh, the podcast is on uh, Buzzsprout, okay, uh, which is a great podcasting host site. But from there, it is cross posted to our Facebook page, so you can catch the podcast on. Um, Buzzsprout or our Facebook page or our website, you know, IdahoFB.org. Okay. Uh, it's up on the web. 
on our video, uh, we have a YouTube channel. And it's these YouTube channels are, are very, very cool. You go to YouTube, you go to someone's channel, and you can sit there and you can binge watch everything. If you go to our YouTube site and decide to binge watch, you'd be there a while because <laughs> there's, I'm not kidding you, there's hundreds of stories there. You know, lots of features, lots of news, you know, everything there is to know about Idaho is on that YouTube site. And that's also cross-posted to our Farm Bureau uh, website and uh, Facebook. And then print, uh, we have two magazines, Quarterly Producer. Sean does most of the writing, does an amazing job, great writer. Uh, came over from uh, Idaho State Journal and, and Capitol Press. Um, so we got the two magazines. I'm only in there maybe a couple articles a month, but still pretty good stuff. And let's see, am I missing anything? That's about it. All right. Now, the podcast is very simply named Idaho Farm Bureau's podcast, right? Yeah, Idaho Farm Bureau News. Uh, okay. So that's an easy one to find. What about the YouTube channel? The same name? Yeah, Idaho Farm Bureau. All right. Great. Well, let's take another break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about what Idaho Farm Bureau does for, for folks in Idaho. Okay. Wrangler is made for those who roll with the times. Stop by D&B Supply for spring looks that fit in anywhere life takes you. With a modern take on iconic Western style, Wrangler has new styles and great fits in jeans, jackets, shirts, dresses, and more. For everyday life and epic moments, Wrangler is always ready to roll. Some things never go out of style. For classic wardrobe staples that stand the test of time, get your Wrangler wear at D&B Supply. You already know Honda makes some of the most reliable, fuel-efficient cars on the planet. And that's just as true for Honda lawnmowers. The best thing about a Honda mower is it's a Honda, which means exclusive features like a 4-in-1 twin-blade cutting system that results in finer clippings for either bagging or when mulching, actually feeding your lawn for important nutrients. And it also means a highly fuel-efficient engine that's easier on the environment while you're sprucing up your environment. Plus, depending on the model, Honda residential mowers come with either a three- or five-year limited warranty. Shop Honda at select DMB supply stores in eastern Oregon and southern Idaho. Well, Jake, just like we were talking about before we went to break, I, I want to talk for a second or have you let everybody know what the Idaho Farm Bureau does for people who are not involved or are not members. Help them understand what Idaho Farm Bureau does. Well, Idaho Farm Bureau is the largest farm organization in Idaho. We have uh, right around 13,000 producing members. Those are people that are actively involved in day-to-day -day agriculture, and uh, we represent them not only uh, at the Idaho State House, but uh, on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. If someone has an issue or a problem, maybe, you know, for example, truck weights, if uh, they think that they need a little bit heavier trucks to carry more produce and crops to market, then they would uh, bring that issue up in their county meeting and they would write a resolution and that resolution would go to uh, a resolution's committee. And from that committee, that resolution would go to our House of Delegates. And from there, we put that in our policy book. And then we lobby that policy book at the State House and in Congress. So it's beautiful, grassroots, 
politics at work. If it wasn't out there, someone would have to invent it because it's just so needed mm-hmm. to have that representation and to have concerns and needs met. So that's probably our biggest charge. Our other charge is that you know we want to represent farming as it is and in its best light and show all the people, places, things of agriculture. And I think we do a pretty good job at that. It's, um, oh boy, it's just, it's endlessly interesting. Every single day is just interesting. Now, do you have a favorite story that you've written or podcast that you've created over the years that, that you look back on as one of your favorites? Boy, there's so many, you know, um, one year I was out and about and, uh, came across a story, uh, over in the McCammon area. And it was about a stagecoach robbery. And I went and researched it and did everything. And that was my favorite feature story. It has nothing to do really with ag, but more with heritage and where we come from and the history of Idaho. That was one of my favorites. But I would say my favorite stories are the harvest stories. I went on a cattle drive uh, last October mm-hmm. over in Blackfoot that was absolutely magical. It was like so amazing. It was just starting to snow and we were driving cattle down uh, above the Blackfoot Reservoir. The family I was with were really cool. And I mean, I I don't know if I could recreate it, (laughs) you know, it was just so much fun. It was so visual, lots of good video, but probably those types of things. What kind of challenges are Idaho farmers going to be facing this year? I mean, we already talked about the water. We have an abundance of water. So is everything just going to go right this year, or are there things that uh, are going to be obstacles? Well, the water is its a huge relief every year because the water means everything to agriculture. When we have snow in the mountains, that's money in the bank. We know that with all this water, we can get in whatever crops we want. Uh, the big obstacles this year still going to be rising uh, input costs and labor costs. All those are going up. They never go down. I mean, think about it. Inputs very rarely go down. And inputs, I'm talking fuel, fertilizer, things uh, that you have to go out and buy to put into the crop. Now, I've got a selfish question for you here, and it's about high-speed internet. Do you yes. know, is, is there is there much going on in our state right now to bring high-speed internet to our rural areas? There is. Uh, the farm bill that was just passed has a broadband title. There are grants out there available right now. There's a lot of people. I just talked to uh, some people over in uh, Cache County, and uh, they're actively called me the other day. They're actively going after some of these federal monies and loans that are available in the farm bill. That probably right now is one of the biggest unknowns is, you know, and and, and one of the things that we have to watch the closest is we've got to bring high-speed internet to rural areas because we're at such a disadvantage to rural areas or, or urban areas, you know. We've got to have the same, you know, speed internet as they do in the cities, because we can't compete if we don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, back in Washington, and especially with the USDA, they recognize this problem. They're working on it. They fought like crazy 
to get this uh, title in the Farm Bill. So my advice is go look at the Farm Bill, see what you can do, and get educated, uh, read up, and then figure out a course or a direction that uh, we can all take to get this broadband initiative, you know, in every hamlet and town across Idaho. Yeah, that is, that is great advice and certainly is needed uh, for people to be able to, to stay in those rural areas but be competitive. Oh, yeah. You know, especially with all the technological advances uh, with drones, with um, everything else that we touch, mm-hmm. you know, has to pretty much go through a computer at some point or another. And there has to be that connectivity. So I think we're going to get there, but I don't think we can get there fast enough. Sure. You know, we got to be there yesterday. All right. Another quick break, and we'll come back with our final segment. I want to ask you about a few agricultural issues going on here in Idaho and around the country. Know when they say good fences make good neighbors? When you've got Balin Country gates and panels to really fence your livestock in. Also, when you let your neighbor in on the great deals you can find on Balin Country at D&B. Made from steel and designed for stamina, Balin Country gates and panels are tested to match up to robust ranch life. So instead of mending all those fences, round up a whole new one with Balin Country at D&B Supply. Carhartt makes gear to get you through anything. So DMB Supply offers a wide selection to outfit any day, any task, and any weather. Built to stand the test of time and have your back no matter what comes your way. Carhartt clothing keeps you comfortable all day long. And for extra hard jobs, check out Carhartt Force, the line that wicks sweat, fights odors, releases stains, and works as hard as you do to outlast them all. Get decked out in Carhartt at DMB. Well, Jake, uh, one of the stories that I've been following pretty closely lately is that bomb cyclone they had in Nebraska, South Dakota, Iowa, and all the flooding and then all the devastation, especially during calving season for the beef cattle producers in that region of the country. Uh, Have you come across anything that indicates that this might have an impact on commodity and cattle feeder prices here in Idaho this year? Well, I've been following that closely, too. And um, we know for a fact that uh, there are cornfields that will not come back. There are losses that cannot be made up. So in terms of feed and stuff like that, I, I can see those areas reaching out to other parts of the country to buy feed. And I can also, you know, which, which means that, uh, you know, if you're producing, that's good news. But if you're buying, we're going to see prices go up. And it's the same thing, you know, in the livestock market. If you're producing, you're going to see prices go up. If you're buying and, you know, you're a consumer like you and I, we're going to see higher prices. So it's uh, just gut-wrenching to see what those people have been through. And um, as a nation, you know, we can pull together and just do our jobs and, and hope that they can recover enough to get back in business. Now, I I wanted to ask you about dairy farming in Idaho. I know that uh, as I speak to people around the country, uh, it's been a very, very difficult time, a long period now for dairy farmers. How are we seeing that manifest here in Idaho? Well, I I think what we see are just flat prices. Those prices, uh, $13, $14 per hundred weight for milk, 
they've been stuck there for a long, long time, and I've seen them drop down to 12. Do I see any relief in sight? I don't see anything within the next year. I think it's going to be really, really tight across the board. The problem is, uh, as I just mentioned, that feed prices are going up, mm-hmm. operating prices going up, and yet the prices stay the same. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, this is just, a, it's a tough, tough situation. Idaho still ranked fourth in dairy production, which makes this a huge, huge industry for mm-hmm. Idaho. And I, I wish there were answers out there. I know that as a reporter, those are things that I'm going to be chasing and I've followed it all winter, you know, hoping to see those hundred weight prices go up, but they're, they're just staying flat. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a tough one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been tough all around the country and, and, you know, I'm hopeful for Idaho with us having so many different companies that are adding value to, to milk uh, through cheese production, yogurt, all that type of thing that, that it can help sustain us through this period. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, if somebody out there listening, if they would like to be involved in Idaho Farm Bureau, my first question is, do they have to be a farmer or can somebody who's not a farmer be involved? Well, being a city dweller now, <laughs> uh, I live here in Boise and I'm a member through my insurance so I and uh, I just absolutely love uh, Farm Bureau's insurance. I've never had not a minute's problem with them all. They're they're the best out there. That's one way, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're a producer, get get a policy, and and then call your county office and sign up because man, if if you're a producer, if you're involved in agriculture, there's not a a greater way to go than through Farm Bureau's grassroots policies and and everything. It's just for just a you know few dollars a month, uh, you get you just get so much. Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to find out more, uh, what is the right website for them to go to, Jake? I would just go to the Idaho Farm Bureau our Idaho Farm Bureau website, and you know you can Google it www.idahofarmbureau.org. Once you get on that website, you can uh, take a look in our newsroom and look around. And I think we even have our policies up there. So it's kind of a great one-stop place to go to learn about, not only about agriculture, but about our organization Mm -hmm. and other organizations involved in agriculture. Well, Jake, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your time with us. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the D&B Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.